Can two divorced men share an apartment without driving each other crazy? Hello, and welcome to another episode of 1049 Park Avenue, an odd couple podcast. Ted Linhart here once again with Garrett Eisler. Garrett, hello. Hello, Ted. Today, we're going to talk about Season 2, Episode 10, Win One for Felix. Before we get into the show, a couple of thank yous and shout outs to some people who've given us some very nice feedback. Uh, I want to mention Alec Ferretti on the great I Love the Odd Couple TV show Facebook page, who have been very supportive to this, supportive to this podcast who gave us a very nice review to that uh, audience. And also uh, JP from NJ, who gave us a very nice review on iTunes. iTunes, and is clearly a fan of the Honeymooners podcast, which I listen to with Joe and Louie, who have also been very supportive. So thank you to everyone who has uh, given us support as we talk about The Odd Couple, which seems to be a, there seems to be a definitely an Odd Couple Honeymooners connection, as I think JP mentioned. It's this New York WPIX connection. A lot of people our age who grew up where we grew up remember those two shows fondly together because like me, I don't think you were a Honeymooners fan, uh, Garrett. I don't hate to reveal that to people. I don't. Oh, I don't no, I, I definitely you? was. Okay. Because yeah. you and I have never talked about that show. <laughs> right. I guess that's why. I guess you're not a fan. Yeah. yeah uh, uh, I, you know, I'm, a, I'm a rabid fan. So uh, we can, we can oh, maybe talk okay. about that another time. Oh, yes. I'm a rabid fan. And, uh, maybe I, we should do a podcast about that. Oh, someone's already doing it. Yes. Okay. You know, maybe there's a chance for all four of us to do a podcast together. <laughs> I'll, I'll mention to Joe and Louie that we can uh, maybe okay. team up someday. Anyway, thank you very much to them. So let's get into win one for Felix, and we'll turn it over to Garrett for a quick intro on the writers. Yes, win one for Felix, as you said, episode, season two, episode 10, uh, air date December 3rd. 1971 we have uh for the second episode in a row by the team of bill idelson and harvey miller who were very active on the show these first two seasons basically apparently on staff often collaborating but we also this is a more of a complicated credit because we have a story credit separately by an arthur julian so i think what we clearly have here is a my speculation at least is uh, that Arthur Julian pitched the concept of the kids' football team and Felix trying to coach a football team, or at least one of them trying to coach a football team. And then Idelson and Miller come in to make it funny, to do, you know, flesh it out, the concept, and, and uh, make it as humorous as possible. Do you think Arthur Julian is a pseudonym for Jack Klugman because this was his idea? <laughs> That is uh, a theory I did not consider, um, but by looking up Arthur Julian, he um, has real credits. Otherwise, he has real credits. Okay, Let's just so say he has probably credits. not. <laughs> Great. Okay, so we uh, open. Were you done? Did you have more to say yes. about? You did have more to say. No. Okay, so we open on Felix sitting on the couch in his living room, dejected, very dejected. Tony Randall does a great dejected person's face. You can just see it all over yes. him. He has yes. a camera around his neck and he's sighing. But oh yeah, but Tony Randall or Felix Unger has no poker face. He, right. <laughs> you can read his moods very easily. The doorbell rings, Gloria comes in. 
Gloria notices Felix seems depressed. Felix says Gloria has always been able to read his moods better than anybody, but honestly, it is not hard to read Felix's moods. And the audience is laughing, even though these aren't real jokes, because they see how dejected he was and how obvious it is to anyone that he's dejected. Gloria asks where Leonard is. She is there, obviously, to pick Leonard up. And Felix says Leonard is in, quote, in my roommate's room. I hope he had all his shots and that they're in there talking about football. And we should clarify, of course, that Leonard is uh, his son. Thank you. You're right. We have not mentioned that yet. Leonard is Felix's son and is his daughter, who we have not seen yet in our podcast, even though she was in season one. There's that horrible bunny episode or oh right cabin episode <laughs> um i don't know what i forget what bunny has to do with it but anyway uh so yes leonard is his son and uh gloria asks if they had a nice afternoon and felix says they had a nice hour they played a game of chess which felix won most fathers <laughs> i think let their kids win you know my father used to when we used to race from our garage to the apartment house my father would always let me win. And I always used to believe I did win. And then somewhat years later, he told mm-hmm. me he was letting me win. And he said he, Felix says he showed him his new $900 camera. A $900 camera in 1971 is $5,757.80 today. What type wow. of camera today costs $5,750? I know nothing about cameras. That seems... Okay. Extraordinary well, I guess, to me. I know uh, it's his the, job, so I right. get it. But what the does, only way that would make sense is if, as a prof, that is, he is a professional photographer, and we're not talking digital cameras. We you know we're talking true old-fashioned, big, heavy things. And um, so, I guess it's it. He would have the state of the art as necessary. He didn't buy it as a toy for his son. He presumably bought it for his 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 job, uh, and then is sharing it with his son. But uh, you know, sometimes those inflation calculator things, uh, I always take them with a grain of salt. Yeah, it's not, it, it's hard. It's not an exact science. I, I'm sure there's a formula that they use, but I don't know. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. It's still, I mean, I heard when I even, as soon as I heard $900, I'm thinking 1971, that's extraordinary. The other thing yeah. I'm thinking of is maybe it's not just a camera. There's a, there's equipment that comes with it. It's a whole kit. And yeah. he's saying it's a $900 camera. Anyway, it's a very expensive piece of equipment. And he said, Felix says that Leonard took a fancy to it, but then Oscar came home and Felix spent the rest of the afternoon, sorry, uh, yes, Felix spent the rest of the afternoon taking the pictures of Oscar and Leonard having a wonderful time talking about football. Gloria then drops in an important plot point that we need to know, that Oscar is Leonard's football coach. This is one of those TV forced lines that a character says, so the audience is on on top of what's happening, but of course there's no reason for Glory to say that to Felix, as Felix already knows that. We find out later that Felix that they asked Felix first to coach the team, whoever they are, the school or the league or the kids. I don't know why they would think of Felix. But no. then I guess since Felix didn't do it, Oscar did it. But aren't there there's like eight kids on this team or twelve or however many? Don't they have fathers? Why is it either Felix <laughs> or Oscar? What is, why is there nobody else capable of yeah. coaching this team? Well, their fathers are not uh, characters in a major TV show. Oh, okay, I get it. Uh, Felix says, I'm only his father. You're my ex-wife. He'll soon be my ex-son. 
And then Oscar and Leonard come in discussing a trick football move where a kid is holding his helmet and is given a mm-hmm. fake pass. So it looks like he's got the football, but he's holding his helmet and the tacklers go to tackle him instead of the one with the ball. And that kid scores a touchdown, which just seems illegal. It seems like if that's going to happen, <laughs> the coach should say that, or the referee should say that's not a point. But anyway, that's what they're talking about. So let's talk about Leonard. In this episode, he's played by Willie Ames, who is a well-known pop culture name. This is his first acting credit. He would go on to appear in many other 70s series. He was a regular cast member on the TV version of Swiss Family Robinson, which was, I think, Irwin Allen's last TV show. And of course, Irwin Allen did Lost in Space, which was based on the original concept of Swiss Family Robinson. It was, in fact, dubbed Swiss Family Robinson set in space and the family in Lost in Space is the Robinson. So this is kind of his way of trying to, I think, bring back his Lost in Space magic to a 70s vibe where it's more about people's real activities. What if they really were on an island? And I think the Lost in Space had lost its touch. He was also on six episodes of Family, which was a very well-regarded family drama in the 70s that most people don't know about today. And then, of course, he became quite well-known on Eight is Enough. He was in 109 episodes as Tommy, the Bradford's second youngest son. And then he actually had bigger success even later with 126 episodes of Charles in Charge, where he played Buddy Lembeck. After that, kind of slowed down. I did not know this, but he played a superhero called Bible Man, which is a direct-to-video evangelical superhero show Wow, how did I miss that? I, that uh, I think wasn't geared towards you or me. <laughs> and I, I read that this show was controversial because while it was geared towards very religious people, there was a lot of violence in it because Super Bible Man would beat yeah. people up. And now yeah. he does an occasional TV movie. So Oscar and Leonard, what's weird is they seem to be heading to the front door as if Leonard's going to leave. But Gloria's there to pick him up, so why isn't he just waiting in the living room? And, his, and Gloria says, Leonard, I'm here. And he turns around and says, oh, mom, you're here. And Felix says, yes, we're here, mom and dad. And if you look close when Felix says that, you can see Willie Ames suppressing a laugh. You see his face. You can hmm. see it. It's a profile shot of him. But you can see that there's, he wants to laugh, and he's doing a really good job not laughing. Do Leonard, you um, yes. know how old he was for this episode? I could figure it Sorry, out. Sorry, I'm, I'm springing that. You are springing on me. Sound unprepared. He was 11 years old when this episode happened. It turns out, um, which is you know a little late actually for a child actor to get started acting. He may have done other stuff before this that was Broadway, but this is his first IMDb credit listed on IMDb. Uh huh. Well, you know, I'm still right. Uh, for 11, he's already kind of mature, right? For just a, a, a kid actor, but. Um, so, but what you, I thought of that when you mentioned him almost breaking up because, like, the fact that he almost did it only once shows already his, his professionalism. And there's a scene later where he shows really intense professionalism. I'll mention that later, but there's something he does later that really is impressive. And I'll, I'll... Hey, by the way, you're blowing my mind with how his credits because, you know, I. The only Leonard I remember, of course, is Leif Garrett, yes, who well, takes over the role in later seasons, yes. who was a real celebrity yes. of, of the sort. Uh, so Willie here was uh, not quite that kind of celebrity, but seems to have had quite a great career as a child actor. 
Yes, and of course, uh, Zapped with Scott Baio, if you remember that movie. Uh, I saw that movie recently. I remember seeing that as a kid and being very delighted by it. Uh, there was a lot of nudity for a 12-year-old in 1982 oh. seeing it. Uh, but watching it recently, it does not hold up. Anyway, really? moving on. Really? Yes. Does from not a, hold up? That from a comedy point, I remember it being very funny and having the nudity as an extra added benefit. <laughs> but the comedy part does not hold up. So we have uh, Leonard then shakes his dad's hand and says, thanks for the nice day. While Felix says, your pictures will be ready next week. Of course, implying that there's this client relationship here and not a father-son and that Oscar has kind of taken over the father-son role. It's uh, kind of a funny joke. I like it. it is, yeah, it's a funny joke. And so Leonard leaves here and then we get this interaction between Felix and Oscar. It's a great kid, Felix. You ought to be very proud of him. Hmm. He sure loves football, doesn't he? Hmm. I think he's got a great season ahead of him. Hmm. That's three ooms, Felix. Either you're mad or you've got a lot, Joe. What is it? You're mad because we went into my room and talked? No, not at all. Are you being honest? No, I'm not. <laughs> Oscar, you're stealing my son away from me. Really believe that? Oh, forget it. Forget Oscar, you're stealing my son from me? How can I? All I'm doing is coaching Leonard's team. By default, they ask me first. Then why didn't you do it? Why? Why didn't I do it? Yeah, why didn't you do it? The, the reason I, I, I didn't... Is? I, well, the, the real reason... Because I, you stammer? No! <laughs> the reason is... What? I'm afraid! Now we're back to why. Don't you have any understanding? I want to do it, but I can't. Like I said, why? I'm afraid of looking like a fool in front of my son. I don't know enough about football. Well, if you can't coach, don't coach. Must everything be explained to you? I want to do things with my son. I want to be in a position of authority. <laughs> I, want him, I want to look good to him. How about groundskeeper? You'll look great. You enjoy seeing me die inside, don't you, Oscar? Why? Why, Oscar? I'm sorry. Tell me, where is the law that says that the only way fathers and sons can get together is by playing football? What did father and sons do before football was invented? Chariot races. More cruel. I've been a good father to Leonard. I've shared things with him. Of course you have, but a lot of kids don't care how you run a vacuum cleaner. Oh. Taken in places. Yeah, sure. The Grand National Bake Off in Cincinnati. <laughs> Felix, if you want to get close to your kid, you got to do things together that he likes. Like what? Well, fishing. Uh, Worms, I know. <laughs> if I mention model airplanes, you say the glue gives you a headache. You want to get close to your son? Yes. Take up wrestling. With my back? There we go. Be serious, Oscar. I'm losing my son. Don't sit there. I want him to look up to me as his father. I want him to come up to me and punch me in the stomach and say, hi, coach. You want me to help you? Yes. All right, I'll help you. How? I'll teach you how to coach. So there's a lot in there that's interesting. First of all, the things I like from a comedy point of view, I like where Oscar goes, that's three homes, Felix. <laughs> as, a, as he knows that means something. My favorite line in there is a line, I was even watching you on Zoom while this line came out and you didn't laugh. When Oscar says, because you stammer, that to me is such a great line because you're, you're, he's referencing what he's doing. It's got nothing to do with the point. And it's just so funny that he says that. And I think that line goes unheralded. 
Um, I was laughing inside. Okay. And of course, one of the things we hear people laughing because Felix is tidying up while he's talking, which is why Oscar says groundskeeper. But what's really interesting is I don't think up to this time there's been a, any discussion at all on t TV, network TV, or maybe a little bit. I can't think of an example of a show I watch where there's a divorced dad talking about being close to his young son. Felix is a very emotional man who you don't usually see as a lead character on TV at this time. You have Archie Bunker, Andy Griffith, Family Affair, Make Room for Daddy. Think of all the sitcoms up to 1971. There's really no divorced dad who's that into his kid. You know, Andy Griffith is, I guess, widowed and has Opie, but they don't know how much they get into this. And Felix, you know, they, she lives with him and he's not living with his mother and they, he's much younger. So this sort of like emotional discussion, I think is very provocative for TV at the time. Yeah, it, it really stands out. Um, and it reminds me how the whole series, of course, you know, is foregrounding divorce, you know, in a way that I don't, again, I don't, yeah, I'm sure I'm missing some shows, but that other shows did not do. And, um, you know, Hollywood dabbles with divorce as a subject all, you know, through the mid 20th century. And, but it's really in the 60s when the topic takes off in America because divorce rates increase and divorce laws get more uh, uh, um, liberal. And so, uh, so this phenomenon of broken families, especially, you know, nice, comfortable bourgeois families that are split up this way and child, joint child custody and all that, uh, you know, kind of culminating in a, a movie like Kramer versus Kramer, which is like right at the, exactly at, at, at when this series ends. Um, yeah, it's like one, it goes into that genre really well. And, uh, and it helps. The other thing you're saying is that Felix Zunger is a, quite a sensitive man <laughs> to be the protagonist of a TV show at this time. That he's not, he's very open about his feelings he's, and uh, about uh, how he loves his son. Also worth it noting to me, what I'm impressed by with Tony Randall is that Tony Randall was eventually a father, but only late in life when he, he remarried after his first wife died and had children at a very uh, elevated age. But at the time of this show, he did not have children of his own. So he's very convincing in that, uh, in that emotional way. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I, um, I had forgotten that he had, did not have kids before that. Um, so from there, we go to a new scene. And oh, by the way, I would one other point on that. I think a lot of what television fathers did in this era or before this was you had the very gruff father who was kind of forced into coming to grips with his emotions, yeah. like Archie Bunker. Right. And this is the opposite. This is someone who is on top, you know, a, a leading into his emotions and, and putting them out there without any forceful, like this is just what he does. So I, I do think there's a, I don't think the odd couple gets credit for that. Right. So there's a new scene, Oscar's in the living room. Now we, we coming off what we just heard where Oscar's gonna teach Felix how to coach. Oscar's in the living room, pushing back all the furniture in the room so they have room. And he says he wants to hurry and do this because he's taking Nancy to the movies tonight. So Nancy's still in the picture. We know that because there's more episodes with her to come. And we do hear a dubbed line. It's very clearly dubbed where Felix says, was Leonard happy when he learned I was going to coach? And Oscar says, yes, but we know that yes is very tentative. And Felix correctly notices 
Oscar does not sound convincing. And he says, you don't sound convincing. Oscar says, what's more important, winning or fatherhood? And Felix comes bounding out into the room wearing that same white <laughs> athletic yes. with an ascot that we saw during Fat Farm, which <laughs> is completely inappropriate. And Oscar asks, are you going to sell ice cream? And Felix <laughs> says, it's a casual sports outfit he thought would be appropriate. But Oscar says on a yacht, it would be appropriate. Now, yeah. Oscar has seen this outfit before. <laughs> yes, he played right. in the park with it. Just- so now... Well, how many weeks? Two weeks like ago? Through, yeah. So he shouldn't be, uh, you know, he should be used to this sort of outfit. But he, yeah. you know, as continuity goes with this show, I think everyone's acting as if this is the first time we've seen it. Well, it's worth it because, and I'm glad they brought it back. Cause it's, yeah. This, it's so great. His great Gatsby sportsman outfit. It's so perfect. Oscar says you should put on a sweatsuit. And Felix says he doesn't have one. Oscar offers one of his, but Felix says he'd die first. I yeah. find, yeah, well, yeah. It's not. I wish he had a better line than a die first. I think that's a cheap way. It's, it's the way he says it. Yeah, he says, yeah. I'd rather die first. So Oscar starts to teach Felix uh, and says, when coaching kids, you have to stress the fundamentals, blocking, passing, running, and tackling. Teach the kids do that and you'll win every time. Which, A, I don't think it's that easy. And B, it contradicts the fact that most of what else Oscar teaches him is to like have tricks. Yeah. We'll hear something about bumble, bumble gum later. We'll hear some, we heard about yeah. the, the fake helmet. There's another fake right. helmet, you see. So he seems to be uh, contradicting himself here. So first they do blocking, and Oscar gets into a football blocking position where he's uh, down on the floor, and he's got his knuckles on the ground, and Felix asks if that hurts, his knuckles. Oscar says, concentrate. Let's just do this. So we're going to play the scene here. It is a visual scene in many ways. I think the fans who hear this will know what's going on. We'll try to explain some of it afterwards. But they do, a, they do enough of a job with the lines that I think people will pick up on what's happening. Come on, get down like me. Come on. What are we, the Rockettes? Can you please opposite? You're on one line, I'm on. I don't want to dance with you for you. Please, Dan, okay? Now we'll go in the third hut. Hut? Uh, Gee, I haven't heard that since I was in the army. <laughs> yeah, right. Hit, right hut. Hut. Just like the army, it's a cadence, okay? We'll yeah. I wonder who first thought of saying hut instead of one. That's yeah. odd, isn't it? Yeah, I'll tell you what, after we practice, we can stroll down to the library, do a little research on it. <laughs> I was just curious about how the expression hut started. Well, maybe from a quarterback who had the hiccups. <laughs> What's the difference? It's here. The snap of the ball comes on hut, okay? Yes, yes. I got you, babe. Babe? Yeah, that's why the players talk to each other. Babe, babe, babe. All right, huh? Okay, now, I'm offense, you're defense. Right. You gotta get past me to tackle the run, okay? Right. Now, I'll take it easy with yeah. you. I won't hurt you, right. okay? Okay, now we'll go. Hut! Hut! I got by it, baby. And so cutely. Come on, will you, Felix, do it right? Come on, you know better than that. Let's go. Okay, now we'll go in the third hut. Yes. Third hut. We're dancing again. <laughs> Firefly. Phoenix, you gotta get by me with muscle. Well, why use muscle when brains are so much more effective? Phoenix, brains without brute force in football leave a lot of cleat marks on the back of your head. Aren't all the professionals college graduates? Yeah, with degrees in punishment. Yeah. Well, you forget all your theory. All right, let's go to running, all right? Yes. Running, running's important. Where's the point? Here it is. 
Okay, running. Now, let's see. We'll make the door the goal, right? Yes. You gotta get past me, get to the door for the goal. Yes. Okay, now I'll give you the ball later on. <laughs> You're a tragic figure. Go to the moon. No, no, come on, come on, teach me some more. This is for Leonard. Right, let's start at the beginning. Let's start with centering. All right, yes. you'll snap the ball to me. You center. Okay. Down, you know. Yes. Okay, now get some. <laughs> come on, we don't want to go to the movie. Right. Yeah, here we go. No, say. <laughs> All I want you to do is when I say hot, yes. snap the ball hard to me in my yes. stomach so I can hand it off. <laughs> So in terms of the visuals, uh, when they talk about dancing and Rockettes, Felix gets way too close to Oscar, either lines up next to him or just gets way too close when they're supposed to be facing each other. And when, uh, when Felix gets by Oscar, he's just leapfrogging over Oscar, who's in, still in a kneeled position. And the laughing we hear is when when Oscar is touching him from behind, he's going to, you know, get the um, lining up for him to get the ball. He's grabbing his sides and Felix, Felix is ticklish. And, and then the last scene, or not the last scene, but the one we hear where Felix rings the doorbell, we have a doorbell ring, is because Felix, who's trying to get around Oscar to get to the door, has gone to the back of the apartment, I guess to some door back there, and come around to the front of the door instead of getting physically by Oscar. I don't think there's a door back there. That apartment, and I think we see this happen a few of the times. I, we know there's a back door in the kitchen, but what is that? There's a door in the back of the apartment. They have a second entrance that leads to the front hallway. I don't think that's a real thing. Well, you know, uh, no, you're right about the kitchen, right? Is that because I remember in my old apartment, we had a door, uh, a back door that led from the kitchen. Which and I guess the whole purpose of that is like take out the garbage. It's a back hallway, right? The back what led to the back hallway, right? So I didn't think it was strange, but now that you mention it, what's strange is that he doesn't run through the kitchen. He he runs through the bedroom. He goes down the hall. Yeah, the kitchen should not connect to the back to the front hallway. This implies there are two entrances to this apartment, and New York. Unless you have two apartments that have been put together, which some people do in New York. Yes. Yes. A, a new a apartment like this, as far as we know, is a, is a, just an apartment, and there should not be a separate entrance that also connects to the hallway. It's never referred to. They always come in that front door. <laughs> I don't think that. <laughs> yeah, is they it. never use it. They no. never use it again, right? No, but nevertheless, is, nevertheless, it is worth it for a great bit. Uh, I agree that it, just the comedy of of Felix running the wrong direction. Yes. Off screen. Yes. Feel Oscar standing there completely flummoxed and then hearing that buzz yeah. <laughs> too soon, probably, then Felix could run around. Oh, that's true. Uh, yes. <laughs> it's worth it for the payoff. Uh, but it is it, hilarious. Yeah. But in terms of our attacking the inconsistencies of the show or pointing yes. them out, it's yes. one of them. But it is, it is, makes for a, it makes a great scene even better. And Jack Klugman's expressions he, through all of this are great. You know, in cinema studies, they call that creative geography oh okay well that that, that when uh, the logic of the world you're seeing on screen doesn't 
necessarily conform to what would be physically possible. Which happens a lot in the show. Um, It it, it is, this is probably the best scene in the episode. So it's definitely worth it. I'm a big fan of the scene. So the next scene, it's nighttime now. Oscar's in bed. I have one more thing about the scene. Yeah. One more thing about the scene. Uh, So it turns out that Jack Klugman's uh, memoir, Tony and Me, uh, about his years with the odd couple, uh, has a little story about this very scene. So if I, if you'll allow me, Ted, uh, I'd like to read a paragraph, uh, not too long, where Oscar tells, Oscar, Jack tells the story of how this scene came to be. <clears throat> he says, collaborating on the odd couple with Tony forced me to work at the top of my craft. For example, I was always good at improvising, but I never enjoyed it very much. That is until I improvised with Tony. He was the kind of actor who would do a lot of the work for you if you knew how to follow him. You see, what most actors call improvisations really ends up being a lot of empty talking to fill in the awkward gaps. What Tony taught me was that really good improvisation is about provoking the other actor into a response. For instance, one time I had to teach Tony football. And in the script, it simply said, Jack teaches Tony football at the top of the page and four blank pages followed. Now, Tony knew the game of football, even though Felix did not. In fact, what most people would never guess about Tony was that he was an avid sports fan. So when I got into the three-point football position and said to him, let's squat down, Tony knew that he should be facing me. However, he chose to squat alongside me, which provoked me to say, we're not the Rockettes. Then after I put him on the opposite side facing me, he lightly touched his face against mine, which provoked me to say, I don't want to dance with you, Felix. If Tony just stood there intellectually trying to understand the game of football while I explained it to him, neither of us would have gotten a laugh. But because Tony threw his whole body into the bit and kept prodding me, I was forced to respond, and it set the whole scene in motion. Sometimes we would improvise like that for hours while the writers would take notes on what we did. The next day, they would come back with something more refined. Then we'd improvise on top of that, on top of what they had written, and the process went on like that until the day of the performance or the taping. So I think that's a great story because not only does it shed light on this scene, but it also gives us a, a, a view into how much they were involved in the creation of the show and that the writers looked to them uh, to follow their lead in their improvisations and even gave them that space to improvise, knowing that it's, uh, something funnier would come out of their own work than what they would plan ahead. Uh, so we can imagine it. this kind of... Go ahead. That's right, and how good they were at improv. Yeah, right. And how good they were, right? Because they, that was a good reason to trust them. Um, yeah, and you know, it's here, it's obviously Tony Randall taking the lead. And, and what I'm reading in this description is like classic improv comedy uh, technique, which is provoke a response, you know, how to, sh- how to engage your improv partner, almost as if he studied at Second City. You know, but he, he did go to college uh, at Northwestern actually where i went tony randall yes and uh but i think it was pre very much pre second city but he seems to have absorbed maybe some of that some of that uh technique great is it that's a great uh, insight to that uh, yeah wish we had that for every scene yeah well i'll, I'll keep looking you know let we're you know ne- when i find stuff please do no it adds a lot we uh we're now at nighttime felix went to the library and got some books on football i believe they're all fake 
plays that fold the pros, faking for fun and profit, and football, the game of deception. Oscar reads the first paragraph of football, the game of deception, which Felix gives him. Football is sleight of hand to divert the attention of the opposition to prefer them psycho prepare them psychologically for one thing and deliver another. Oscar says that's you know, good for the here it is yes. that again what you just said from the beginning like it is weird how uh, Jack Klugman knows sports very well but in this episode like Oscar's view of football is like it's all a bunch of trick plays <laughs> or at least the the writers of this episode like keep saying that that's all that matters are the trick plays and I don't think these trick plays are used very much in professional football I, I wouldn't know but now Oscar says that that sort of trickery is good for magicians but not for kids so like there's a again a bit of like back and forth he says kids always right. fumble so that like trying to prepare these trick plays is pointless yet he was just telling Leonard about a trick play so there is like yeah right inconsistency right. here <laughs> as usual the best games that they ever played whoever, I guess, Oscar coaching this team was when the kids had bubble gum on their fingers. Oscar says the best chance to win is to punt, let the other team drop the ball and then have Leonard fall on it. Felix says that is too pessimistic. Oscar says he knows a lot of tricky plays if he wanted to use them, at least we're consistent on that. And he proceeds to take a marker and draw it on the wall of the bedroom. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Felix says, how can you write on your wall? And Oscar responds that it's very soft lead. Of course, the joke being Felix is saying, how physically can you do it? And Oscar's interpreting it. But yeah, right. I'm right. not going to explain the joke, but it's, it's funny. Although, again, I'm sorry to point another problem out, but Felix shows him the marker and says it's very soft lead. It's not lead. It's a magic marker. There's no <laughs> yeah, lead I don't involved. know what he means by that. I don't know what he means by that. It's a funny scene, though, when Oscar starts to write on the wall. So yeah. now we cut to the locker room and there's a chalk. We, we see a chalkboard that says, remember your bubble gum. So that's a nice connection to the prior scene. And Oscar's telling the kids he won't be able to coach them anymore. The kids groan, but Oscar tries to spin into a positive and says, the good news is they now have coach Unger. And he puts the, Felix around, the whistle around Felix's neck. The kids have absolutely no reaction to this. Felix says, hello, men. He calls everybody. He calls his whole squad of boys men throughout the entire episode. And he writes his name on the chalkboard and says, it's a real pleasure to meet their acquaintance. He says, they're a fine looking group of men, but he tells one of the kids <laughs> to tuck in his shirt at the same time. Oscar's I, love how he calls the, I love how he calls the men yes. all the time. Uh, Oscar's laughing <laughs> when he tells this kid to tuck in his shirt. Felix says he won't pretend he's an expert at football, that he ever played the game at all. And they cut to a shot of Leonard at this time, who's looking very concerned and a bit embarrassed by his father now taking over. Felix says he'll probably learn more from them than they will from him. And Oscar's behind Felix, kind of revving them up, putting his hands up, saying to make some noise so that they encourage and cheer for Felix. So Oscar's trying to support Felix in this by having the kids cheer him on. Oscar leads to watch the game from the bleachers, and Felix says that he's been doing some studying, and he came up with some things they can toy with. He erases the blackboard and now starts to diagram a play that he calls the disjointed U, which we're going to play now. This is called the disjointed U. Disjointed U. Sounds complicated, but it's not. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Now, listen carefully. Center hands off to the quarterback, hands off to the fullback, who crosses around to the end, hands off to the end. The end crosses around to this side and sends a forward pass down to the flanker who's down here, catches it, laterals to the opposing flanker, and down the field again. Got it? 
What happened to the hidden helmet play? Hidden helmet is child's play. We're child. Hey, Dad, we're not going to have enough time to learn any duplicity. Yeah, we? yeah, I think we will. As a matter of fact, I had a few mimeographs. Why don't you, uh, why don't you pass these out to the players, son? We've got a couple of hours before the game. Why don't you study these on the bench, men? And I've got you some great energy food. Brownies! Yeah! Tony say, let's hit the field, men, okay? I'll be with you as soon as I watch the whistle. What, what's great about that scene is it does show Felix. Felix always gets super involved when he starts to get involved in a project. And the yeah, fact that yeah. Felix could learn that much, even though it's a crazy idea to have for kids do that play, he obviously, over the course of a day or two, learned that and shows how much he's into it. Uh, I also like, you know, of course, there's the dated reference of a mimeograph, which we know today <laughs> as a Xerox yes. or a copy. And um, there, in that scene, we, it's a great line from the only other character who has any speaking dialogue, character. Yeah. speaking character, any other, say any other character who has dial, any other of the kids who has dialogue, who is chubby, uh, who says we're childs, which is a great line. And that's played. Chubby being his name. His name. Yes. The kids, the, the, his nickname is chubby because he's chubby. We never find out his real name. He's played by Randy Whipple. Whipple was uh, a child actor like, um, uh, Willie Ames, although I think he started a little younger. He was on six episodes of Ozzy and Harriet, so he definitely was younger, playing different characters. He was on 22 episodes of the infamous My Mother the Car, considered perhaps the worst sitcom in TV history, and 11 episodes of Family Affair. He then became a news anchor, and he's now a real estate broker in Eugene, Oregon. And I went to his website. No kidding. Found his site. You can see him on there, and you can... You know, the picture wow. of him doesn't have red hair as much anymore, but you can see that, yeah, I can see that that was chubby. After the break uh, that, when, that we just heard, we see footage, which one part of that footage looked very sped up to me. It looked like a very 20s film of kids running around, uh, of the kids playing football. We see a scoreboard that shows the visitor 74 and the home zero, where I think we're supposed to assume that home is Felix's team. And we cut back to the locker room where we see Oscar saying, I'd like to just join his you. Clearly frustrated that the game is going so poorly. The kids come in very dejected. Chubby comes in and says, it's our first game of the season and our first loss of the season. I don't know why that, that's like a weird thing to point out. I don't, you lost the game. It doesn't matter if your first loss or not. Oscar says they should not blame their coach, which by the way, they weren't doing at that moment. So again, not sure why he says that. Leonard says it's, it's dad's weird plays, and Chubby says he can't even pronounce them, much less do them. Felix comes in all full of pep and says, don't be discouraged, men. We, have, we haven't begun to fight. Felix says they made a few mistakes, but they know how to correct them. Oscar tries to tell him something, but Felix cuts him off and keeps going. He says, Chubby, don't be disturbed by that last play. That was a typing error, which is funny. <laughs> Oscar finally gets a word in edgewise and says, the game is over. Felix says it's not. That was the end of the first half. Oscar says, no, it's the end of the second half. And Felix says, oh, then the game is over. And Oscar says, now you got it. So here's the thing. In this scene, this is where I want to point out that thing about Willie Ames' professionalism. I didn't notice this until I saw it on IMDb. If you look closely while all Felix is talking, Willie Ames, Leonard, is changing out of his clothing. He falls off the bench he's sitting on while he's changing. 
He's sitting on the edge of a bench, and you see him fall backwards, clearly unintentionally. And Willie Ames quickly gets up, makes no bones about it, and just goes right back to changing his clothing. Did you notice that? No, I did not. No, I didn't notice that the first two times I saw it. And then I was looking at INDB for something else and saw it. And it's very, the fact that he was able to recover that quickly, I thought was very impressive. Now we cut to an establishing shot of 1049 Park Avenue. We see a cab pulling up. Uh, Oscar's inside the apartment working at his desk. The doorbell rings. Gloria comes in. Oscar says Felix isn't here. Gloria says she knows. He's downtown buying things for the teams. Now, they live at 86 in Park. Garrett, you and I know, even in the 70s, or especially in the 70s, there is no need to go downtown which would imply the Greenwich Village in New York City to buy stuff for a team. There was a, there was a sporting goods store somewhere near his apartment. No need to go downtown. That's spoken like an L.A. writer. <laughs> Oscar uh, says... Yeah, I'll take yeah. your word for that. I'll take oh, your word for that. You know that. How do you not know that? You grew up uh, in the well, area. I, I lived in Midtown. Okay, so. but you know Midtown, you could buy sporting <laughs> goods. So he could go Midtown, yes, not downtown. Yes. Yes, I agree that the, the phrase downtown is being used kind of generically. Oscar says he already bought an album, Great Coaches Pep Talks, and Felix is listening to Newt Rockney, Newt Rockney incessantly. Garrett's going to talk about Newt Rockney in a bit. I don't think we need, I don't, I think a lot of people know who that is, but Garrett will fill that in uh, in a second. Gloria says the kids hate him as a coach, even though they love him as a father, and they want to fire him. Oscar says you have to respect them for that. Gloria goes on to say they had a meeting at the house last night and they voted 11 to 1 to fire him. Again, everything's evolving Felix or Gloria's house. Like, these kids have nowhere else to go but the uncle. <laughs> Oscar says it was a nice for Leonard to stand up for Felix, implying that that one vote for Felix was Leonard. And Gloria says, no, it was chubby because he liked the brownies, which is funny. <laughs> Oscar asks, how are you going to tell him? Gloria asks, Gloria's very savvy here and says, ask Oscar how he would tell him. And Oscar says he would be very straightforward. Tell him he did a lousy job. They lost the game and he's out. Tell him the truth. Felix will always accept the truth. Gloria says that's exactly how you should tell him and leaves. <laughs> I think she had that whole thing planned when she walked in. She yes. definitely manipulated Oscar there. Yes. The next scene, Felix is playing Newt Rockney speeches from an LP record. Remember those? Hmm. Long point record. I'm asking you, Garrett. Remember those? Oh, yes. yes. I do indeed, yes. Now, for some reason, though, there's a picture of Newt Rockney lying on the record player facing us. I don't know why that's necessary. You mean it's not, oh, it's not the actual, like, sleeve? No, it's an 8 by 10 It's odd. And I can see yeah. from, a, from a prop uh, set dresser props perspective, it's like, uh, we got to put something up there to identify the voice on the rec on the but, recording. But that doesn't. Uh, Oscar already referenced Newt Rockney. We hear his voice. Yes. I don't think a picture that's hard to discern of a guy that most people I don't think know the visual of in '71. I don't think that helps. It's kind of well. I guess you know the 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 literal meaning of it in the scene is like Felix has created this shrine. Yes, kind of that you're right. That Rock. that was an explanation. So Felix is doing some sort of weird choreography with his arms. I have no idea what that is. Is that a he's new trying to He's trying to enact the, well, we, we have a clip of this, right? Yes. Okay. So yeah, it, while listening to it, you know, he's trying to like act out 
the movements of a great coach talking to his team and kind of orating. It's, it's weird, but it's, uh, he's getting really into it. So Oscar walks in, he sees Felix doing this, and he says, great, I got, look, I, look at this. I got to fire Newt Rockney, and that's where we're going to play the next clip. Listen, listen to this, listen to this. Newt Rockney. Something I got to tell you. You want to talk to me about yesterday's game? Yes, as a matter of fact, yes. that's what. You were right, I was wrong, I know that. Now, my, I was much too technical with the guys. It's the wrong approach. Right, your yeah. coaching is all wrong for the yes, kids. That's, that's I know it. That's why I got this record. This man, he knew, he knew. A coach must inspire his players. I've got to give those kids inspiration. That's it. Well, Phoenix, those kids have enough inspiration to begin with. See, once they're out of the house rolling around in the dirt, stepping on each other, that's what no, they no, like. No, 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 Oscar, you're cute, but that's not what The Rock was talking about he was talking about that extra something that the greats have inside them that they can pull out of themselves when they need it when lesser men would give up have you ever thought of giving up for <laughs> yes i must confess that after yesterday's game i considered retiring then why don't you because i don't want my son to think i'm a quitter We're not going to pass unless our secondary comes up too close. But don't forget, man, we're going to get him on the run. We're going to go, 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 go. Oscar, did you want to tell me something? Like the man said, no. go, go, go. Oh, the first was let a man win there. Fight, 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 fight. What do you say, man? So I know you want to talk about Newt Rockney. Before we do that, I just want to say two things. First of all, one thing I think we haven't mentioned yet is the music cues in this episode are really good. There's a lot of... Yeah, and there's a lot of underscore. I, yes. I'm, I'm learning that as we go through these episodes more than I remember, they actually really use underscoring in various scenes. A lot of people just remember the opening credit and closing credits. But more than a usual sitcom, there's actual sort of cinematic style underscoring. Yeah, and this really good. Also, this is a, an unusually poignant scene, not just for the show, but for, I think, sitcoms of the era. You know, I don't think, I, I, I had seen this episode a lot, and I had forgotten Felix's response to Oscar about why he's not quitting, because he doesn't want to have his son see him as a quitter. And that's just a really powerful thing to say, and not, you know, never what you think about when you think of the odd couple, you just think of sloppy and mess, sloppy and neat, most people, and this sort of, again, we said it before, this sort of uh, idea of him and his relationship with his son is just, they really, really get into it. Yeah, it's really striking in a sitcom, right? Too. They could have built up to a big laugh yeah. and they, they went serious all of a it's sudden. It's a funny scene and then all of a sudden it gets very serious yeah. just with the sincerity of that line. And it's, it's a beautifully written scene because you have Oscar coming in determined to, you know, convince Felix to quit and he has to back off of it and he feels so much sympathy and pity for Felix that he lets him enjoy himself. And so you want to talk about New Rockney? Well, just, yeah, I'm sure you're right that uh, people listening to this uh, probably know the name at least, but it's just worth establishing that, uh, that he is at, at this time in 1970, the famous, most famous football coach in history. Although Vince Lombardi had at that moment in 1970, it probably was the current favorite uh, Newt Rockney was football coach for Notre Dame University, so college football, uh, which was in some ways bigger than professional football at, in Rockney's time, which was basically the 1920s, was the peak of his career. Uh, famous movie made about him in the 30s, uh, Newt Rockney All-American, uh, co-starring Ronald Reagan as the, the famous Gipper, one of the players. 
so he's is a legendary character in American pop culture history. And I, I didn't go into detail research, but I was curious to establish that these records existed, that what you're listening to in the scene is a true recording of Newt Rockney. And it's just fascinating to me that someone would that these would sell, these would like marketed to the population at large, you know, uh, to hear Newt Rockney's inspirational speeches on a little LP or, or a 45, probably a 78 actually, when they came out in the thirties. And as any recording in those days, these were not YouTube sort of spontaneous things. He's like really in a, the, the record recording says addressing his players, but I'm sure he's in a studio alone, just kind of like, uh, you know, uh, pretending to re he's rehashing his usual speeches. So, uh, but these kind of spoken word albums were were popular uh, in with in some way. So I think it's uh, really amusing that this thing really existed. And someone working on the Odd Couple, perhaps Klugman or Randall, like uh, had the brilliant idea of using that that's the sound of that record and bringing Rockney's voice into it. And especially in that scene, it plays really well. What I discovered about him doing some research is that he, you know, he died very young in a plane crash and the outpouring yeah. of anger from the public actually furthered a lot of aviation safety rules. Yeah. And wow. his death really led to, but some articles claim, the birth of modern safety of aviation. And the Gipper also died very young. So we have these two figures who, yes. who, who really died kind very tragic. tragically. Yeah. Yeah. The next scene is back in the locker room. Oscar is saying Mr. Unger is giving his very best. It's rotten, but it's his best. And when he asks that they're just going to throw, um, to throw him out, Leonard asks him to look at the blackboard. Like he's asking the kids, are you just going to throw him out? Because he's trying hard. Leonard says, look at the blackboard. Oscar sees a complicated looking play and says, what is this? Plans for Apollo 16? <laughs> at the time, Apollo 16 was the fifth Apollo mission to land on the moon. But it was four months away from happening when this episode aired. So clearly it was probably in the public mind of the next mission. Mm. And that's why the reference comes from. Leonard says that they- Well, also, if you take it literally, it's like, it, it, maybe this is putting too much thought into the joke, but it's like, it's not even a current rocket. It's a rocket of the future. Right, right. <laughs> probably th overthinking it, but yes, I see your point. <laughs> Leonard says that's a triple reverse. They practiced yesterday and Chubby points out where they all ran into each other. Leonard says he loves him, but they just don't want him to be coach. At this point, we get a good view of the other team members for the first time. And like we said in the um, writing episode, it's a very diverse group of background players. There's Hispanic, there's African-American. So again, they were very focused on bringing in diverse people to, to background scenes. Oscar agrees to, or says he will coach them, but secretly. Every few minutes, he asks one of the players to come in the locker room. He will give them a new play, and they should forget everything Mr. Unger tells them. Uh, Oscar says uh, no one is officially uh, their coach. Oh, sorry. So, uh, Oscar says he is not officially their coach, and Mr. Unger must not know anything about this. The group hears Felix shout, good luck to you and your Trojans, Mr. Porter, as he comes in. Uh, do we ever hear the name of Leonard's team? I don't think we do. I'm, I'm, I, that was a note to myself. I think we never yeah. hear the name of yeah. Leonard's team. And as he comes in, Oscar starts to behind, hide behind the locker. Felix gives the men a pep talk. He says, today's the day they're going to win. And he uses Newt Rockney speeches to play them while Oscar watches. He says uh, that I, I don't find I, I, I'm not, I didn't I don't have a clip of this because I actually don't think he does a great job. He like tries to be Nuke Rockney, and I don't know if it's intentionally yeah. supposed to be great or just Tony Randall couldn't do it. 
it just kind of comes across a bit mediocre. Well, it is kind of, it shows, <laughs> um, I mean, it doesn't work. Uh, and um, Tony Randall is doing his best, but it also just shows how, how kind of off the mark it is to use old Newt Rockney speeches with a little league team of 12 year olds. So it shows how Tony is, sorry, Felix is misreading the room. Yeah, he, he doesn't do. And he's also lost in his own world. He's lost in his own dream and he doesn't see the reality. That's right. And he, at the end of that speech, he says, uh, what do you say, men? And they don't really do anything until they see Oscar behind them, cueing them and they start to cheer. And as they're walking out, Felix says, uh, they love me as they go to the field, of course, not realizing that Oscar's behind it all. So we see more football ask action, and we see a montage of players coming into the locker room to talk to Felix. And I, Oscar, I, I, Oscar. Sorry, they see a lot of people coming to talk to Oscar. Thank you. And I, I guess that they actually filmed some kids or extras running in and out of this. They must have done some location shooting for this episode. I, I don't think this is all stock footage, and maybe it is from some other Paramount film or TV show. Mm -hmm. So we're going to play the scene of the kids coming out in and out to talk to, um, to talk to Oscar. Oscar, who, by the way, Oscar is is, uh, looking out the window with binoculars. That's important to visualize while this is going on. Right. We want to keep hold of the ball. I took a fake a punt and hand it to Kramer. But don't let go till he pulls it away from you. Okay. Go, Kramer! Go, run, baby, run! Good! It worked, Mr. Matson. We got first down. What do we do now? Now, they're right in this dropping back. Untie your shoelace and blow your nose. And a boy! And a boy! Chubby, keep going, baby! Yeah, I know. I saw him giving his new Rockney speech to the other coach. What do we do, pass? No, come here, listen. I want all you guys to get in front of Kramer, see? And take him right up to the end. And on your way back, bring me a couple of rounds. <laughs> That's it, Jimmy. That's it, Jimmy. Keep running on. You should have tied your shoelace first. Go ahead, fall on him. Fall on him, Jimmy. You'll flatten him. Go ahead, baby. Go ahead. Just put the brownies on the bench. Hey, did Mr. Unger notice that we weren't using any of his plays? Yes. Hi, babe. You look angry, Felix. Through these, you look very large and very angry. Now you look very small and very angry. These are colapha glasses. You know, you should buy a pair, then when you see Pagliacci, you'll really enjoy it. What are you picking on me for? So you caught me. What's the big deal? Eat your brownies. I lost my appetite. Not for treachery, you're having. Made the first stop. Congratulations, coach. I can explain, Felix. Yeah, so can I. You just can't help humiliating me in front of my son. So the, the, what, one, of the, one of the things we heard there was, uh, if you heard a noise, uh, Felix flipped the whistle that he was wearing backwards and um, Oscar caught it, which is a pretty good choreography 
That was, that was the noise you heard at the end of it. And we now cut to Felix listening in sadness to Newt Rockney's speeches back in the apartment. Oscar comes in and sees that Felix um, has his head in his hand and Oscar asks if he has a headache. And then why did he run out? Oscar says they won. They tried the shoelace trick and we intercepted the shoe and made a touchdown. That doesn't really make that sense. That doesn't make sense. Does not make sense, though. <laughs> uh, and then the draw. I don't think that would be allowed in no, the normal rules. I don't think game. that counts as a, as a, as a, as a touchdown. Uh, at this point, we come back. Uh, now, at this point, Leonard uh, comes in and we hear Leonard and Felix uh, discuss the day's events. Dad, can I talk to you? I'll get lost. Sure, you can talk to me. What's <laughs> on your mind? No, I know. Your mother called me. Everybody's trying to spare my feelings. I just ought to face the fact that I'm a failure as a father. You're not. You're a great father. Football's not your bag, that's all. But football isn't the only thing. You've taught me lots of things. Yeah? Like what? Well, you've taught me all about photography, and you've taught me to love music. You've taught me a thousand ways to use raisins. You're being very kind, Leonard. I just taught you those things because I like them. I wasn't thinking about you. The same with the football game. I gave you a lot of complicated plays because I liked it. I wasn't thinking about the kids at all. Well, gee, Dad, we had another vote after the game. You did? They still want me to be coach? No, we want you to be team dietitian. <laughs> Game ball, Dad. Oh, gee. Thanks. <laughs> Tell all the guys thanks for me. Yeah, well, I gotta go. Mom's waiting. Bye, Pop. Bye, son. Hey, what is that? The game ball? That's terrific. Look at what I'm doing. I heard the whole conversation. I'm not only treacherous, I'm nosy, so hit me. You're a lucky guy, Felix. And if I ever do steal a son, it'll be yours. Now, let me know when you're speaking to me again, will you? Oscar. What? You're right. I am lucky. Hey, coach. Catch. I thought that was a really good way to end that scene. And another rarity, I yeah. think, is we see a father kiss his son um, yeah. in, a, in, a, in a loving way, obviously. Um, that's what we heard in that clip. And uh, that's unusual for the time. And after that, there's a tag scene. Oscar strolls into the living room. He's tired. He's in his underwear asking what's for breakfast. The typical Oscar just waking up. Milou. Uh, Felix says, Melon. It's beautiful cantaloupe. And he walks into the living room from the kitchen holding a half a cantaloupe in his hand. And then for some reason, which I think you have some insight on, he's got, he does a Statue of Liberty impression where he holds it up over his head, but he freezes and he, and he says his bursitis has kicked in and he cannot move his arm. And Oscar then takes a spoon and walks over to Felix and scoops, uh, yes. scoops out the melon from high up where Felix is holding the fruit. 
um, to rather eat than it. helping him. Rather than helping him, right? He <laughs> wants he wants his breakfast. Now, I found this scene very random, but you say there's something about the Statue of Liberty yes, to tie in. Because, well, Ted, I don't know. You mean you weren't on eighth grade football team with me? Uh, I, I should tell our listeners that my <laughs> knowledge of sports, which you probably have picked up in this podcast, is uh, as much as I know about the odd couple, is as little I know about any professional sport. Ah. Uh. Well, I, I must say, yeah, I am not current. I'm not up to date on my, my sport. Uh, but um, I do, I played enough as a kid to remember that the Statue of Liberty play is like the ultimate trick play. Uh, it's almost mythical. Like, I don't believe anyone has ever done it in a real professional game. But the idea is that the quarterback uh, looks like he's about to pass the ball. And so he does exactly what Felix does in, in that moment where he's his arm pulling his arm back with the ball, holding it there. And everyone thinks he's going to pass it, but the running back runs up behind him and just takes the ball out of his arm instead. So it's a, it's a classic fake out. Um, so yes, it's, it's, it's tying up. So it isn't it actually is a, maybe not the most funny, but it is a fitting uh, tag to the episode because it ties in all the trick plays and uh, football mythology and also Felix trying to and failing to uh, to execute that. So you clearly think it was intentional, but for someone like me who doesn't know it, it's like, is it an Easter egg for football fans? Because they obviously don't <laughs> reference it's a football thing. Uh, well, I, yeah, maybe it, yeah, it, it's an old play. It's an old idea. And uh, it's, it's sort of part of it for anyone who follows. Well, you know, just like a lot of this episode, I guess. Yeah. If you, you gotta, uh, I guess to fully appreciate it, it clearly the writers are, you know, are, are injecting some knowledge of football and supposing some popular culture uh, value to all the football jokes. So I don't know. So that's the episode. It, it ends there with the Oscar after coming off, you know, a, a very, uh, a good bonding moment between them where they're throwing football by listening to Newt Rockney. The next morning, he doesn't give a crap about Felix's bursitis and just wants the cantaloupe. <laughs> so I give this episode three and a half Murray. It's funny enough. Um, it has some really great Leonard and Felix moments. What I think keeps it from being higher for me, I find the Newt Rockney scenes uh, a bit laborious. And this is probably, I'm trying to be objective but it's hard for me to remove my lack of interest in him and the, the sport. But I do think it goes on a bit long, and I do think it just, uh, he doesn't do a really, it, it's a little ham-handed, and Tony Rand doesn't do a good job with it. I think a little bit of it goes a long way, and I just, and also the whole football thing just felt a little bit forced to me. So that's the only reason I don't get it higher than three and a half. But definitely the, the, the training scene, uh, is really entertaining. And the moments between Felix and Leonard uh, are what makes this ec episode stand out. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I think I'd also give it three and a half. Um, I, but maybe for different reasons. I mean, I find it is definitely, it's, it's one of the more serious episodes in tone. That is like, it's not, we just came off a couple episodes where it was like a big laugh every few minutes. And, um, and very farcical. This is uh, a drama, basically. This is a uh, uh, dramedy, <laughs> right? Uh, this is uh, very much a situation, dramatic comedy. 
and it's very plot driven, it's very character driven and relationship driven, which is why they they choose not to go for the big laughs in some scenes and instead play up the tenderness of Felix's feelings for his son rather than make fun of them. Because uh, every and that it redeems him because he's doing a lot of ridiculous things in the episode, but he's doing it purely for the love of his son. And he gives it up at the end when he acknowledges he there's some things he can't do and that his son loves him anyway. Uh, at the end there, I think there's visually something with Oscar that you sort of implies that Oscar is really coaching Leonard through that last scene, like about what to say to Felix. Like he had Oscar had a hand in that, but that's also showing Oscar's uh, affection for Felix that Oscar uh, is, is uh, also looking out for him. Uh, one thing that's relevant to the, to the characters here, by the way, is that uh, Oscar uh, Felix has two children and that's carried over from the Neil Simon play. But unlike the play, Oscar and Blanche never have children. So they had kids in the play. Os- yeah, yeah. Oh wow! More, and in fact, the kids, that. his son in the play is an uh, is an offstage character in a phone call and is named Brucey Bruce. And is much the, his kids are much more prominent than Felix's kids, who are just barely mentioned. So uh, they made a decision for the show that that Oscar would not have kids. That only, which is kind of smart, just to focus on one of them as a father. The other one has can be more carefree, but it also shows uh, the way Oscar says, "You have a great kid. If I ever did steal a son, it would be yours." And so it's like he can appreciate and envy uh, Felix's role as and admire Felix's role as a parent. Um, one last thing I did want to Wait, say: Wait, did you? I'm sorry, did you give it your Murray score? I agree, three and a half. Okay. Um, and in a way, like it's value, I, the, 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 the scene where they both, where he tries to teach him to play football is hilarious. And that's a great set piece in itself. But aside from that, it's really much more of a sentimental in a good way episode than, than hilarious. Um, I just wanted to revise something I said at the beginning about the writing credits. Cause I look, as soon as I mentioned Arthur Julian, who gets the story credit, uh, I just, I don't want to sell him short. Uh, he's no longer with us, so I apologize. But I apologize anyway, because I see that he was—he did have a long comedy writing career, going back to Hogan's Heroes and um, F Troop, uh, Carol Burnett Show, Maud. And so my new theory about how the writing credit got shared is that I imagine Mr. Julian, who didn't write any other Odd Couple episodes, kind of sold this concept of man tries to coach kids football team, kind of a bad news bear. Which is later, Bad News Bears? Yeah, anyway, I think so. Yeah. What's well, around the same time? But it, I, I imagine maybe the first draft was kind of a Bad News Bears kind of thing. And it was um, Miller and, um, and what's his name? <laughs> uh, the other writer, the two staff writers who really adapted that concept to Oscar and Felix, that they're the ones who really know the characters and made Taylor made it to Klugman and Randall and their characters while the original story probably was was a more uh, uh, generic idea of this joke. Just a theory. That certainly makes sense to me. Uh, well, that's our show for today. And uh, we will be back next week with a, another episode. So, um, Garrett, you're stealing my son from me. Go, go, go. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>